It was July 17, 2019, the opening hymn at one of the Masses on the very first day of the Solemn Novena to St. Anne at St. Anne's Basilica in Scranton began with these words, Though the mountains may fall and the hills turn to dust, yet the love of the Lord will stand as a shelter for all who will call on his name, sing the praise and the glory of God. Perhaps those gathering at the site were not even aware that what they were singing might, in a way, serve as an anthem evoking the story of the very site where they were standing. There, where the earth shook, the ground collapsed, and rocks roared and cracked. We're told that more than a century ago, the Passionists arrived in Scranton to conduct missions and retreats. A plateau of ten acres, rather high above the city, known as the Round Woods, was chosen as the new home of the Passionist community. On March 25, 1904, Mass was celebrated at the monastery for the first time. Commanding a splendid view of surrounding hills and valleys, the Round Woods became a great attraction to people near and far, and the beginnings of a strong new parish began forming. Disaster struck on the morning of August 15, 1911, though, when coal mine subsidence seriously damaged the monastery. The priests continued their ministries until two years later, when another major slide caused them to evacuate. Mining experts predicted a huge collapse would carry the monastery to the east. On July 28, 1913, two days after the Feast of St. Anne, amid earthly grumblings and flying coal dust, the priests and laity knelt in solemn prayer throughout the night. At daybreak, they were startled by a tremendous rumble, followed by deafening silence. What was supposed to have been a giant slide turned out to be two huge boulders moving into place underneath the building. Those rolling boulders closed the great fissures, making the monastery grounds more solid than ever. That from the St. Anne's Monastery website. Father Robert Carboneau is a passionist priest and a scholar with a doctorate in American and East Asian history from Georgetown University. He sees the actuality of the geology and geography of St. Anne's Monastery in Scranton as a key to understanding a tradition that has had a significant role to play in the history and culture of northeastern Pennsylvania and continues to impact the region. He writes, When the Passionists dedicated St. Anne's Monastery in 1905, they found themselves trying quite literally to build and establish a religious foundation in a region dependent on the despair and hope of the Scranton coal industry. On the one hand, the evils of the coal mines almost forced the Passionists to close their monastery. On the other hand, the hope of the people, and in particular their social identification with those same mines, allowed the Passionists to raise money and stay. Stories abound about the daily faith of immigrants from diverse backgrounds who participated in a kind of death and resurrection, whereby they went into the mines and later rose again at the end of their shift. In other words, the spirituality of coal was being played out underground in the mines and above ground over the mines. That from an essay by Father Carboneau 
from American Catholic Studies, Volume 115, Number 2. Father Carboneau will go on to talk with us of a paradox of sorts, the literal ground beneath our feet, which may seem a firm foundation, can, even so, give way, as can our lives on a metaphorical level. For him, what the Novena to St. Anne provides is the sheltering sense of safety, that shelter we hear about in the hymn, a sheltering that permits us to open up and become vulnerable in the deepest sense as we articulate our pain and suffering, fears and hopes, and thus form a true community which can allow for comfort, healing, inner peace, and even peace at large in our world. Father Carboneau has been in residence at St. Anne's Monastery, and he's been an adjunct professor in the History Department at the University of Scranton, and he paid a visit to the WVIA studios to talk with us about the Solemn Novena that will conclude the feast day of St. Anne. Between uh, July 17th and July 26th of this month is the Solemn Novena in honor of St. Anne at St. Anne's Basilica in West Scranton. And uh, this has been a cultural tradition among Catholics and a public tradition among the people of Scranton and essentially also of Northeast Pennsylvania for uh, some time since it began in the 1920s. One of the aspects of, of this whole novena culture is the fact that what solidifies it is anyone can look pretty much from the terrain of Scranton. Uh, they can go down Kaiser Avenue and look up and see the St. Anne's Basilica. They can go to Main Street and drive up Main Street. They can go on Davis Avenue and look back, and they can see St. Anne's Basilica, and they can look over, for example, from the campus of the University of Scranton and look out the window and see it. So that has been, uh, I think, a symbol of comfort and identity that people can mark the whole geographic terrain. And I think as a person and a historian for the Passionist Congregation and as a teacher of American Catholic history, at the University of Scranton as an adjunct at the History Department, one of the more profound aspects of this novena is it brings together a lot of the faith components of American Catholicism and the cultural components of of public life and religious life and also civic life that uh, emerges in everyday experience that really has marked 20th century Scranton. And Father, tell us about what a novena is for people who don't know that term. That that very much is a Catholic religious term. It's a series of prayers done over an extended period of time. So the weekly novena is every Monday, but in the Psalm novena, it goes for nine days. So it usually is devotions where it's a Mass and the reflection. Anyone's welcome to come to the Catholic Mass. People are drawn to receive the sacrament of the Eucharist or maybe go to confession, the sacrament of reconciliation. But a lot of people involved with this devotion are inspired by the speakers, the novena speakers, Father Rick Frechette in this case, who has worked in Haiti, and Father Jack Connolly, a passionist who has worked out of Chicago. And by participating in these daily masses, they also have a chance to recite together the prayer to St. Anne. And by reciting together the prayer to St. Anne, you you enter into the ritual. And the novena really is a Catholic ritual 
that widens the scope that faith is active in our life right there at that time, and we gain the blessings throughout the day or throughout the week or throughout the year. So you can say, the, anyone can say the prayer to St. Anne to draw strength. So the Novena prayer is really the key thing here. The key thing, along with the opportunity to pray together and the sacraments, and anyone of any religious faith can come and gain that strength from those Novena prayers. It's, it's the specific prayer, the devotion to St. Anne, who blesses us and allows that healing to hopefully take place in our life as people of faith. You described as we sat down at the table the fact that people know this prayer. It's almost as if they're breathing. Yes, I, I've been humbled by this. Uh, you can start the prayer, and the prayer starts, uh, you know, glorious St. Anne, filled with compassion for those who invoke thee and with the love. They they just automatically in every prayer start, oh, good St. Anne, and the people just follow through. And and their voice becomes stronger as the prayer is said. And I think that's just a testament to the longevity of the novena and the fact that it brings together so many dimensions of life here in Scranton. There's, in this novena, for instance, they have the prayerful devotions, the regular preaching. And if you go to the website of St. Anne's Monastery and Basilica, that's available there. On the Feast of St. Anne, on July 26th, 7.30 in the evening, Bishop Bambero will be there. There's also a Polish language uh, service on July 26th. There's radio and TV coverage uh, that's being done. So I guess, you know, this is this is something that is an active event for anyone who wants to show up and enjoy this. And I guess I would invite people who listen to the radio at WVIA and 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 people interested just in learning about religion and culture to come see this novena and participate in this novena. It's open to all people of all religions, Catholics, and just the general public. My students, actually, in the course in American Catholic history, I took them up to visit the basilica, and they were quite amazed by the size of the basilica and also the idea of what people do when they come to these devotions. And so that really excited them to learn a little bit more that uh, Scranton has a complex history. And the fact that the St. Anne's Basilica is built over the coal mines is is key to understanding why devotion to St. Anne is so crucial. If you look back in the early 20th century, uh, Welsh miners who came here had a strong devotion to St. Anne. And when the Passionists came here, at the invitation of the bishop in the early 1900s, they eventually were able to get the land in West Scranton. And in 1903 and 1904, they began to build the monastery. And the architect of the monastery was a local architect, Owen McGlynn of Wilspare. And so that was uh, built and dedicated. But all of a sudden, in 1911, there was a coal mine shaft shift, and the mine was in danger of falling. In 1913, the shift occurred again, but then it stabilized. And so this was seen as sort of a grace from God, and people were very dedicated to this, but they still needed repairs, and the Passionists were about ready to pull out, and the people, the local Catholics, and the miners, and everybody in the local area said, 
this is a sign of Scranton, this monastery, and a sign of our public good and public understanding of how religion and our life together has to come together at this time. And so a public fundraising took place. They raised enough money for the Passionists to buy the coal rights underneath, and then there was rededication of this actual monastery in 1916. As a result, uh, one of the things that began because of this strong relationship with the local public and this awareness that St. Anne was a patron of Welsh miners, there was a devotion that was started in 1924. It was a weekly devotion. And then that became so popular that they decided in 1925 to have a regular devotion where they would do it on a, on a much more stronger public ability as passionists. And it coincided in 1925 and 26 with the anthracite coal strike. So miners became very immersed in praying for the end of the strike or seeing some kind of resolve. And the summer novena, the annual summer novena, the solemn novena started in 1927. So coal spirituality, coal mine spirituality is key to understanding present day realities. And anyone who comes to participate in the solemn novena from July 17th to 26th enters into a religious world, a historic world, and actually becomes much more aware of, I think, the fragile nature and the strong nature of what constitutes Scranton identity. The fact, you know, living there, I I find myself and my students found this, that as they walk over coal mines, they still feel strong. And they feel strong because they realize, anyone I think who's in this area of Northeast Pennsylvania, realize they have to have a strength of their own identity. But there's an, there's a sense of internal quest that how do we gain that? How do we collaborate together as a group of people? How do we respect one another? And the novena is a perfect example of how that culture works. Because if you, if you drive up in your car from Main Street and West Side Scranton or Kaiser Avenue, you find that, that from the 17th to the 26th, there's free parking. There's an opportunity to park your car. There's tents that are erected, and you can sit in the shade, and everyone prays that rain doesn't come. But even if there's rain, the novena still goes on inside the basilica and uh, outside. So this whole novena covers, uh, I think, an invitation for people to stop in the summer and be thankful and also uh, seek um, some kind of reconciliation or some kind of healing or some kind of greater relationship with the people around them. Father, tell us about St. Anne. St. Anne is the mother of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is the mother of Jesus Christ and gave birth to Jesus Christ. So this whole understanding of family life, this whole understanding that Families are important, and that this is this is very essential to Catholic devotion. And actually, uh, the Blessed Mother is is esteemed in Muslim culture, is esteemed among many different uh, faiths. And as a young Jewish woman, she actually gave a sense of integrity to what her life was like as a young Jewish woman. And I think I think the Blessed Mother, and certainly the Mother of Mary make us realize that we have to be open to what life gives us. And we have to be able to understand that in being open, we can have enough self-respect to ask that our life be better. I think that's why people come to pray to St. Anne. 
I've often heard that people come to the novena, and the psalm novena is a perfect testament to this, and anyone who witnesses this is, I think, is in awe of this. They come and they say, I'm here at this summer novena, the psalm novena. I've switched my vacation dates around. I've actually met my husband or my wife here. Uh, my kids are named after Anne. The middle name of my kid is named Anne. My son got into college. My son was healed of some kind of healing. My son got a job. My daughter was able to find stability of life. Addictions, I realized that I could handle the strength of addiction and get healing, basically because by praying to St. Anne, I was given that internal strength and that internal grace and that sense of purpose that I don't have to necessarily make it on my own, but I know other people are praying with me. And the blessing of the relic really is a tangible way that people enter into this experience because they realize when they're at a novena that they're not alone. And that's one of the strengths of the solemn novena that I think does draw people to this uh, experience because we're so captured by the intensity of our individual lives that sometimes we need to be reaffirmed in the social life. And that's where this is a public novena and a public event for the people of Scranton. It's it's fascinating to me to see, and I've, I've told this to people and, and as I've listened to their stories, and I sort of learned this. It wasn't something that as a historian I sort of dug into, but I've sort of learned this, that uh, people identify themselves as novena people who have come since they've been in strollers. That's one identity. Another identity of people are people who come to the novena and they love sitting outside, getting food to eat, and listening to the services as they eat their food. So there's a sense of food and culture, and they soak in this sense of spirituality. One of the things I mentioned to my students is of a powerful image of anybody who is involved in the regular novena culture that takes place in the services every Monday, and it's accentuated certainly in the summer novena, is the ability to light candles. Candles, actually, you make a donation, and that donation goes towards the ongoing support of the Passionists so we can serve the people of Scranton in an ongoing manner as the year goes through. But people light candles, and they also had the opportunity to buy St. Anne's oil as a symbol that their healing will be ongoing. So they leave the candle lit, and they walk away, and the prayers continue that they leave there, but they keep their witness during the day that they're praying for the person and that intention, whether it's personal or public. And then the oil, by using the oil, they can be reminded if they take the oil on a regular basis and put it on their hands or use it with other people and share it maybe with homebound people, the oil becomes a symbol that everybody has potential for healing if they acknowledge their own desire to be healed and their openness to that. So this is a very profound idea to even reinforce this. I think one of the abiding images is the smell of the church. Spirituality, when it's active, captures our imagination, comforts us. And the smell of candles, the sense of of the church having an atmosphere that is inviting, and that basilica certainly is inviting, and the outside grounds and the statues, being able to touch the statues, 
participate in public rosaries during the Psalm Novena, all these different aspects. There's there's an active way that people just aren't going through routine rituals, but now they're actually they are participants in in seeing the healing take place. And this is this is a profound uh, aspect for anyone who comes to the Novena to watch just as a witness that people can be present to one another and in a reverential way. So I have found it astounding. You speak about the public, the civic nature of the Novena culture. I've, I've been struck as a cultural event. This really goes to the heart of boosterism of Scranton. Some people might might not want to hear that, but essentially people want Scranton to do well. And anyone who lives in this area and has spent time here, they want Scranton to do well. And and since the 1920s, this has been very much a part of that. Local police have, you know, given security. Uh, that can be documented. Roads have been paved. That can be documented. And and really, it's essentially because people want to be safe. There's a sense of safety there that starts in the morning and goes into the evening. And I think an overall uh, ability that this isn't just, this is is the joy of being in Scranton and the joy of a local event that, that runs for nine days. And it has energy. It has purpose. It draws people who constantly meet each other throughout the year and sort of that, that sense of faith is reunited. And that's where it's a value to, I think, I think from people of all religious traditions, because the more that we're able to appreciate the diversity of our religious traditions, really the stronger our civic responsibility becomes. We care for our own you know, world environment, our physical environment. We're reminded of how fragile our relationships are just because we're over coal mines. And and that actually strengthens our resolve to care for one another, I think. You know, it's imagination of faith that comes to life. And and that's that cannot be underestimated. I think without imagination of faith, rituals can die. Without new people coming to see what goes on at St. Anne's Basilica and Monastery, we become just routine people. And if we want to be uh, people whose presence matters and whose relationships would matter, we have to see how we can reimagine our, our relationships. And the Basilica and the Summer Novena is a perfect way to reimagine the purpose of how we get along together and to be thankful. I think the thankful side of this is also another way. So people might say, well, I don't have any devotion to St. Anne. I don't have any devotion towards the Novena. I said, well, come and just be thankful. You know, it's, it's a way to be thankful. We have such driven purpose sometimes that the Novena actually accentuates the way to be thankful. And, and we need to have that uh, if we're going to be peaceful people. So that's uh, a value as well. You gave us a sense of the fact that we can see the Basilica from various vantage points. Is there something about that, putting the churches and the basilicas and monasteries on a high place? Is that part of that whole tradition of getting closer to heaven? Certainly within Passionist tradition, there's always been an idea. And being able to build places that are set aside and have a sense of prominence is not so much to show power, but it's to remind people of awe, the sense of awe that our life is a gift that we have to keep being aware of and fulfill. And that's where churches and synagogues and mosques, any any group uh, really of any religious belief, 
religious edifices remind us of the awe that goes beyond us. So that's one of the things that I, I think has matured in my being in Scranton, is by looking out, and I've heard this from people, so it's not just my idea, they are in awe of St. Anne's Basilica because it calls them to respect their life is larger and their purpose is larger. How are they going to have it? And if they're suffering, which is important dimension of the passionist identity, uh, name suffering and seek healing, that's a passionist sort of mantra that we have. And by naming your sufferings and seeking healing, healings will come to people of faith. So by looking at this on a regular basis from West Granton or wherever you are, you enter into a larger story of, of awe that everyone participates in. And I think it's just the commonality of, of humanity and and specifically how Catholic tradition and faith strengthens that. But also we're all involved in it, I think, in a civic way because anyone, no matter who they are, can see it from all over the city. Father Robert Carboneau, CP, historian and director of the Passionist Historic Archives, and he spoke with us about the solemn novena to St. Anne that will conclude July 26th, the feast day of St. Anne, at St. Anne's Basilica in Scranton. For more information, St. Anne's Monastery Basilica.org, St. Anne's Monastery Basilica.org. Father Carboneau is the author of an essay titled Coal Mines, St. Anne's Novena, and Passionist Spirituality in Scranton, Pennsylvania, 1902 through 2002, and it was featured in American Catholic Studies in 2004. For more information, St. Anne's Monastery Basilica.org. Father Carboneau speaking with us in 2019, putting the St. Anne's Novena in Scranton into historical and cultural perspective.